0: Hello, everyone. I am Mariah Muhammad with Becker's Healthcare. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We are thrilled to be joined today by Dr. R. Michael Minigitty CEO of the Indiana Joint Replacement Institute. Doctor, thank you so much for being here today. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, Mariah. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Of course. So happy to have you. Today, we will discuss Empower 3D Knee, the only dual pivot knee that replicates native knee kinematics. So to get a better understanding of what exactly we'll be discussing can you please explain what dual pivot is and how it replicates native knee kinematics
1: sure happy to Mariah. so the the premise the native knee behaves in a motion pattern which is what we term kinematics so when you bend and straighten your knee or you're lunging or you're do, you know you're performing activities of daily living going up downstairs or you're in sports and you're you know uh executing some more advanced moves your knee goes through motion patterns and not just your knee but everyone's knee and that's what we call kinematics and so there's there's a way that the native knee or your own knee moves when it has an intact anterior cruciate ligament and posterior cruciate ligament and surrounding ligaments so you know when you hear athletes have an injury they tear their ACL Part of the restoration of that fixing that ACL so their knee has stability and they can continue to do those complex sporting maneuvers so that's what we refer to when we're talking about sort of the native knee kinematics and the reason why we call it native is because I'm a hip and knee surgeon. So as a as a knee replacement surgeon someone who puts in prosthetics uh, puts in uh, artificial or total knee replacements. I'm trying to put in implants that replicates that quote unquote normal knee motion and feeling. Because if you look at, you know, the first knee replacements were performed in the United States in the late 1960s and to this day, only about probably four out of five, they're satisfied with their knee replacement. And less than that, probably only two or three out of five will say their knee "quote unquote" feels normal to them. In other words, like they can't tell they had a replacement. So that's different than the hip replacement side, where most people feel it's normal. So the knee, the knee is a very complicated joint, and when a surgeon like myself or other knee replacement surgeons in the in the United States and the world, and we try and uh, perform knee replacement, we're trying to get the knee to behave as close to your normal motion pattern as possible and so that's what's unique about this knee is uh, when we say when we refer to dual pivot what that really is re- is referring to is the pattern of sort of twisting of the leg bone the tibia the thigh bone the femur the twisting of the two together is pivoting around Your anterior and posterior cruciate ligaments. And there's a way in which it pivots. And the native knee we know pivots in two different ways: one's lateral, one's medial. Terms to use that we use to describe the direction. And so that knee, their knee replacement, the Empower 3D, is the only knee on the market that tries to replicate and that actually has been shown in the lab, in research studies, to actually replicate that pattern of. Of knee motion. Does that does that uh there's a lot of information there, but does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, that completely makes sense. Thank you so much for that background. And for you, can you just de- can you describe your transition to empower 3D?
1: Yeah. So before that, you know, I was using a knee replacement that really had what we call a flat on flat bearing. And, actually, and so it was not what we what we would term these kind of knee replacements as conforming bearings, meaning that when the The femur or the part on the end of the thigh bone, it's like a cap and it's circular, that part articulates with with a flat surface. And that was really for the past 50 years, the overwhelming majority of knee replacement designs. Now, in the last few years, we've seen uh, increased adoption amongst orthopedic surgeons for their patients in using these. What we call conforming polyethylenes, or that's the that's the articulation service where it's a little bit more curved and it provides that stability. And so I transitioned about seven years ago from a flat bearing to this more conforming dual pivot geometry. Um, and we've performed a bunch of research on it since that time, both in the gate lab and clinical research, compared to the flat on flat bearing bearing type. Um, and it's been a great thing uh, for our patients and, and how their knee replacements are doing.
0: Thank you for that insight. And how has Empower3D affected your practice and your patients?
1: Yeah, I think it goes back to what I was mentioning earlier where um, patients are, are more satisfied with their knee replacements because it feels more normal to them. So if we look at what we're trying to accomplish, with that knee replacement, when I, when I opened the segment with talking about the normal knee motion, anything we can do with our knee replacements to get back to a patient's normal knee motion is going to, going to make their knee feel more normal to them, provide more inherent stability for them so that they can go up and down stairs. They can participate in athletic type activities and function really well at the high end of performance. And uh, having this Not only conforming polyethylene, which the dual pivot in power 3D is, but also to drive the actual kinematic pattern, that twisting motion that occurs with a normal knee that hasn't been replaced with an anterior and posterior cruciate ligaments that are intact. When you're able to replicate that while patients feel that their knee is more normal, and we published that that exact finding in the knee journal a couple of years ago now, I think it's been about three years ago we published that compared to a regular flat bearing that didn't drive the normal knee motion. So as we found, these these curved, this, this more curved conforming bearing drives that pattern of native knee motion. And the patients feel much more stable and they feel that when they're carrying out their activities, stairs, walking and whatnot, their knee feels more normal to them. So that's been a big improvement in my patients and it's been a thrill to see that. Um, one of the things we found is we used to have a higher incidence of uh, what's called manipulation. So if a patient has a knee replacement and they get stiff afterwards and they're not moving like they should, many, many uh, over the last you know few decades would say, oh, the patient's not doing their physical therapy right. Well, that's usually not the case because many of the patients who get stiff after knee replacement are, are in fact very motivated and trying to do well. But we've probably done something that was either you know the implants weren't in the perfect position, or maybe it's not driving with native knee kinematics, or the knees unstable, and so we've just seen much better outcomes and patient performance using this knee design over the traditional flat on flat bearings in the past. And, and quite frankly, what we're seeing—if you look at you know when, in the United States, we were starting to follow something called the American Joint Replacement Registry, which is we track all the hip and knee replacements done in the United States now in this registry. Other countries have had them for. For decades, but it's in the last decade, we've gotten our, our act together here in the United States and been able to, to utilize that. And what we're seeing is that I'm not alone, that ser- many surgeons in the United States are, are transitioning to this sort of conforming bearing. Um, it just happens to be that this particular, this particular type of bearing drives that knee motion we're looking for. So it's been a huge, huge uh, improvement for my patients. They've been very, very happy. And now when we do knee replacements, I very rarely worry about their recovery, and I expect um, I expect that the overwhelming majority, over 95%, will be thrilled with their outcome, which is a, a game changer for us.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. So happy to hear that your patients are doing well and feeling great after the replacement. You talked a little bit about comparing. How does dual pivot compare to medial pivot?
1: It's a great question, So it's interesting so medial pivot is a term used uh medial pivot veto congruent this is a term used uh, by a lot of the other major implant companies to describe um that pivot pattern i talked about that twisting pattern and that mm-hmm. that was really described in the way we thought the knee moved prior to 2012 2009 2012. emerging research in that era showed us that the knee behaves in a medial pivot pattern only in greater degrees of flexion. Like if you're lunging or if you're going up steep stairs or you're in a squatting position. So if you're walking or if you're going up regular height stairs, regular inclines, your knee is actually lateral pivoting. So these, these knee designs that are emerging in the market, unfortunately are really based on antiquated science and it's actually incorrect that the the knee does not move through medial pivot throughout its entire range of motion so if you're walking with your legs straight when you when you strike the ground we call it heel strike and we're talking about gait. when you strike the ground your knee is straight and then it bends as you walk through and you step through with the other foot you rarely go past about 30 degrees of flexion during that entire time your knee is not medially pivoting at all it's a lateral pivoting, and that's that, as I mentioned earlier, that's the, the term we used about which, uh, about the tibia rotating around the femur based on where that center of rotation is, either lateral or medial to the anterior and posterior cruciate ligaments. So <clears throat> that's, you know, it's it's interesting that the companies are producing a knee that uh, is based on science that's over a decade old and, and inaccurate, but sometimes that happens. So. We just need to keep showing everybody, uh, you know, showing the surgeons uh, and educating the surgeons on what the modern uh, understanding of of knee motion is, and we'll continue to move things forward in the profession. But that's, you know, the dual pivot has both lateral and medial pivot, just like the normal knee does. Unfortunately, the medial pivot designs just have what the knee's doing only when they're in uh, in really high flexion.
0: Wonderful. Thank you for that in-depth answer. And before I let you go, doctor, the last thing that I wanted to ask you is, why might a surgeon be hesitant to use Empower 3D?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that's a great question. I think that a lot of surgeons, as they begin, you know, if you look at the American Joint Replacement Registry, which I referenced before, surgeons probably... You know, it's probably less than 10% right now, but are using these conforming type of bearings, these more congruent bearings. But it's the fastest growing segment of the market. So people are really, surgeons realize the importance of stability and kinematics, and they're embracing these. Having said that, there's some surgical nuances to using them that are different than what we were all originally trained on if we did our residency or fellowship, med school, you know, more than a few years ago so these techniques have to have to you know adapt with our modern understanding and the new technology so i think some surgeons are hesitant because they're not quite sure the nuances of how to put it in correctly but what i would say is there's plenty of surgeons out there like myself who work with anovus who are who are very willing and eager to help surgeons understand and learn how to put this knee in properly there's There's a a particular trick we call finding the kinematic home or the natural knee uh, flexion home that you put the conforming bearing in the position. You let the tibial tray float when you put it in relative to the femur. And that's where you peg it into the person's bone and position it in the person's bone. Um, There's these little nuances that really uh, make the outcomes great for patients. And I think some surgeons might just be hesitant not knowing those those uh, specific surgical tips and tricks, but we're happy to share them with them if they're ever interested in, in utilizing the implant, for sure.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. for Beck. Great answer. And also, I want to thank you so much for joining me for today's discussion. It has been a pleasure speaking with you, and i also like to thank our sponsor, Anovus. You can tune into more podcasts and virtual events from Becker's Healthcare by visiting beckershospitalreview.com. Thank you again.